on all things nerdy where we do crazy crap like beatbox and talk about comic books and video games and movies and books and stuffs and things. Listen to us every week as we talk about your favorite nerdy fandoms. <sighs> all right. Hey, guys. So we are uh, doing a special for you. Normally, we do take Thanksgiving off. However, we figured with all that extra turkey and stuffing and... Um, Mead in our case, um, yeah, you thought you'd want a, some nice, easy listening in there. And so we have we have a guest on here to do an interview to talk about their comic book. We're really excited. Um, but before we go ahead and introduce our new friend, um, how was your guys' Friendsgiving? We did a, we did a D&D-themed Friendsgiving. How was it? Yeah, it was really awesome. We feasted. We, we feasted. Um, like, like D&D characters in a tavern. <laughs> yeah, and as uh, as usual, we went around saying all the evil things that Matt did. Uh, Sam did. <laughs> Sam didn't even wait her turn to just reluctantly like he stabbed me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's about right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mo- moving moving on from gr- Nana's to friends. I mean, yeah, but then Nana passed away, so can't stab her anymore. Okay, then. All right. Anyways, so introducing our guest. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so we're, we're going to be reviewing a comic book, um, not reviewing a comic book, but discussing a comic book that is being released. Um, <clears throat> I had the chance to read it a couple of times on there. And so, like, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this. Uh, anytime for us to um, talk about a comic book or, or comic book creators, we always, uh, we always take the chance to, to do that. Um, and so we are going to be talking about, uh, the Godfo universe. Um, and then it's apocalypse 20 XX, correct? Apollyon 20 XX. Um, and it, but it's very apocalyptic. So that definitely fits, but yeah, Apollyon, uh, 20 XX is our first title in the larger Godfo universe. Yeah, so it's a, it was a, it was a great read. Um, I guess the the first question that we would have for you is how how did this all begin? How did you guys start uh, constructing the book? And then um, if you could just also you know let our listeners know your name and what you are um, what your role is in the book. I can tell you my name. I don't know what I am, but I can tell you <laughs> what I do. Uh, my name is Joshua Adams, uh, and I have I'm co-creating the. Godfo universe with a, another creator named Dan Evans. We've known each other for a long time. Uh, the Godfo universe is something we've been working on for almost 10 years now. And it started with Dan, who is the writer. I'm the, I'm the artist. He's the writer, but we've developed this story together. So he writes the actual scripts for the comics, but we're, we're kind of all of the world building we've done together. And it started with his band, Blue Bolt, years ago. So it's like a prog punk band that he had or has. And um, we started off with him asking me, hey, can you draw some pictures of this 
Blue Bolt character for the name of the band, and we used her for the covers. And she was this sort of cybernetic angel character. And gradually, we started talking about this character and saying, you know, what what kind of world does she live in? And and it, we began to realize there's there's a story here. And we started just developing her story, and then it spread and spread and spread until now. What we have. It, it spans thousands of years. We have different eras that we're going to tell stories in uh, that are very distinct but connected. So we're doing novels for part of it. We're doing comics and graphic novels for other parts of it. Uh, he's recording albums with the band that will fit in there, we're working on some scripted and unscripted podcasts that are set in the world or around the world, working on some short films. So it's sort of multimedia, uh, but it's... It's got a lot of different sandboxes in that timeline that we can play in. And Apollyon 20XX, which is the first comic we're releasing, the first actual published um, item in that timeline, it is really set at the beginning of everything that's going to happen. So it sets the stage and sets up the world, and then other things later on will kind of fill in at different places uh, within that timeline. But I do the art. And then together we've developed all of the the world and the storyline and where all of that's going. We spent so much time planning all of that out because what we don't want is to get 10, 15 years down the line and have to retcon everything or reboot everything. You know, we don't want any crisis on infinite earths or any, yeah. you know, new, new 52. We just want it to all make sense the whole time. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like if George Lucas has sat down and written the Knights of the Old Republic and the original series and the prequels and all the expanded universe all before he released Star Wars. It's kind of what we wanted to do is plan it all out first, then start putting those stories out there for people. Once we know where it goes and where it ends and how it starts and how it all connects. Very cool. Um, what was your, what would you say, like, what was your starting point? What was your, insp- uh, other than, like, through the, I know you went through the band, what was your inspiration to make it a universe, though? To change it from, take it from, like, a well, band, a cool band's concept to a bigger, ex- more expanded thing? Well, Daniel Evans and I both, we love comic books. We, we were, our childhood is old school, you know, Marvel, DC comics. We love anime. Uh, we love, we love books, but good books. And, you know, we, as we talk about these different things, it's, it's hard to get as excited about so much of what's coming out from Marvel or DC. Now, like nothing hits the way it used to hit for us. There's things that are getting sacrificed storytelling wise in mainstream comics and in a lot of other areas too, to where we, we just, we wanted to write something that we would want to read. We wanted something that we would be excited about and hopefully something that other people will be excited about. And, you know, I don't know. It just, we got, it it was born out of frustration with mediocre art and mediocre stories and just mediocre, uh, even from franchises that we love, you know, you got for every Andor, you have a book of Boba Fett. You know, for every time there's something good from Star Wars, there's a Last Jedi. And, you know, it gets frustrating when even these franchises you love seem to just be getting 
you know, nose diving into lazy writing or agendas instead of telling a good story. And I think that's kind of where it, it started for us was we just wanted to make something that that we would want to read. That's cool. So I, I guess with the with this whole process, um, as you're creating the book, I guess kind of give, give us some of the, the timeline on from, you know, the inception of this character in deciding to create a universe. What are some of the hurdles and, um, I guess, challenges that you've had in order to, to create this first book? And and where are you headed from here? What are your what are you guys some of your goals, some of your aspirations to, to get this out there? Um Okay. Um, well, I mean, obviously the first step is getting published and, uh, you know, for us, we had, we had been working, we already had a poly and 20 XX. We already had pretty much the whole story outlined. Um, and the first volume, which and I say volume, we're going to release it as graphic novels. So like the first, I guess, six issues worth, we already had written out. Uh, we have a second series called Colga, Biophile Colga, that's set uh, thousands of years after Apollyon 20XX. We'd already written 100 issues of that. And when we met Patrick Hickey Jr. at Legacy Comics, his he wanted his his idea was let's do this Ashcan to introduce Apollyon 20XX since that's sort of the beginning. And, you know, that was our taking care of getting it published is, you know, we're working with Legacy Comics, at least for the comic book end of things. So that solved that problem. I think the biggest obstacle for us has just been we're trying to foresee the the plot holes and the, the issues that people might would have with the story ahead of time and try to really take the time to iron that stuff out as well as possible before we present it to people because we don't want to have to come back and apologize or come back and try to fix something. Uh, so for us, it's just been that matter of being patient long enough to do it well and to do it right and to wait for the right moment. Instead of, I mean, we could have gone the uh, self-published route and had five people that really loved it and nobody else ever see it, which is not what we wanted to do. Uh, so I think our biggest obstacle is just slowing down and, and being willing to wait and do it right. Uh, but Legacy Comics is definitely helping us with that. Um, as as far as like the process of building it, so much of that just was conversations with, hey, what what if this connects to that? And then how, how would that work? And, you know, and it just gradually, it just, it's, this organic growth of creativity between the two of us. Uh, we just have a really good working relationship and, and bouncing ideas off of each other. We're on the phone constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I've noticed with the, with this book, reading it and kind of just following it, it seems like you've almost this first issue, this issue zero um, creates almost like a, the, the character's Genesis. Almost. I see that you mm -hmm. have a very um, allegoric uh, sense of like the first first six days of the creation. Um, so I, mm -hmm. I guess you could say is like, what, uh, what inspired this particular character? What are some of the inspirations other than the, the obviously biblical, um, portion mm -hmm. of that? So what are the things that have influenced this world to kind of create and mold and, and shape these, these characters or this universe? I think 
at least with Apollo and 20XX and with the Zero character, who is the character we're introduced to in the Ashcan, the biggest inspiration for that was probably uh, both the manga and the anime film of, of Akira. And you know, in Akira, which is it's a Japanese story, and of course it begins with an apocalypse. It begins with this explosion that destroys all of Tokyo, and you know then you're coming in and seeing years later here's Neo Tokyo, and it's built on the rubble of that other apocalypse. And how does that affect everybody? We had that idea too of like, you know, what would it be like if we gave a character godlike powers and then we were to find out that you know well this person that has the power to be a god is still human it's flawed it's not perfect so what would a perfect an imperfect being do with godlike power and how would that affect the world going forward so that's kind of our our starting point with with the godfo universe is that there's this group of very powerful very hedonistic and very selfish people who run the world from behind the scenes. And they've been working to create what they call God. And it, and it would be this machine that interacts with an AI and a human being. It's a combination of the two. And whatever they send out through their God this, the people will automatically fall in line with. They can send out a thought, and if you're connected to any sort of Wi-Fi or in the vicinity of any sort of, of the signal that they're sending out, whatever they put in your mind, you're going to think it's your own idea. So just with a thought, the, these people could control the population. They could tell you, hey, brown people need to disappear, and you would think, that's hey, that's my... that's." It's our own idea, and then there would be genocide, and they wouldn't even be able to be blamed for it because nobody knows what's behind it. And so the the character of Zero in this Ashcan, he is a candidate to become this god that they're going to connect to the machine. And initially, that works, but when he rebels, when he doesn't take their direction, they move on to a new a new person that they can control and make their god. And so... You know, the, the ash can is pretty much the story of his becoming aware and then breaking away from that and realizing that this thing that they're trying to do is it's ultimately going to be horrible for humanity and it needs to be stopped. <laughs> I like I kind of I, I like this a lot. This sounds like a really cool like I like the metaphysical kind of stuff. Like I really do. I think that's really yeah, awesome. and. And it's allowing us because we're going to tell these stories in so many different, you know, different eras. You know, thousands of years later, people may not even know that any of what happened in Apollyon happened. But as a reader, if you've read this book, you'll know, you'll see things in other eras that connect. But you'll also be able to go and, and just read a self-contained story that you don't have to have all this other knowledge. But if you do, you're going to really get more out of this other thing. So we're, we're really striving to have that balance between complex world building, but not complicated world building, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. It's, the lore is there, and it's not like 
not like playing Destiny where you have to read a thousand little itty bitty things to put the lore together. Like the lore is there, but the lore is not the whole point. Like we we want you to be able to connect with characters and the story that's happening here. But there's this huge backdrop of things that kind of inform everything that's happening in these different time periods. Okay, so so you could <clears throat> so uh, the the average reader say they come in halfway. They could either read it as like a codex entry, or they could read the series, which would which would be more intricate, more expressed. They'd see way more of it if they were to read the comic rather than just mm-hmm. reading a uh, the entry. Right, and you know, again, we're gonna have. There's so many, there's going to be, ultimately, there'll be so many different places to enter that hopefully, you know, even if maybe this, because Apollyon, you know, the Ashcan doesn't sell it as much as the first volume, which will be hopefully coming out in the spring. Uh, graphic novel will be about 200-something pages. Awesome. That, that will sell it more than the Ashcan. You know, six pages is not a lot of time to really really gets you in, in into something that complex. But, uh, you know, the, the Apollyon 20XX story is really this character from the ash can named Zero. He has, you know, he's found other young people who have been experimented on by this same order that was trying to create him. And they all have these different powers and abilities. And he pretty much puts together a team to help him take down this God machine before it has a chance to really be fully operational. So it has a lot of the superhero team dynamic that the old Claremont era X-Men has. Uh, and I know that doesn't come through as much in the ash cam, but I believe I sent, I sent one of you the, um, I think the first chapter through email. I don't know if you had a chance to read through it, but if, if you do go back and look, um, I sent the whole first chapter of the graphic novel, but um, you know it, it it's very much um, a cross between Akira or something like Neon Genesis Evangelion, that anime style, you know, end of the world type storyline. Yeah, with the eighties nineties X Men uh, team vibe. Yeah, uh, and we had we've had so much fun writing it. Yeah, that first chapter I read it, and it really did remind me of kind of a. It, it gave me like if the New Mutants was written written in the eighties is really kind of what I went down yeah. from it, where it was really kind of like gritty. It had more of a horror thriller suspenseful feel to it, but mm-hmm. kind of also you know, hey, it has X Men in it, so that's cool. Kind of a kind of a vibe in it. Yeah. So that's that's really what I got with that with that first chapter that you sent us. Um, when I when I yeah. read it, yeah, you know, we really we we think people are gonna really connect with those characters, especially as you start learning their backstories. Um, they're complicated people, uh, and they're in a complicated situation. And you know, ultimately, Apollyon twenty nine twenty XX. Ultimately, that is leading towards an an apocalypse level event that will forever change this planet. And everything that comes after that is just going to be the result of, you know, what what goes down at, at, at the end of all that in that series. So like we're starting with the end of the world and then going, yeah, from there. 
So my my next question would be is, and, and this is for both the um, the the graphic novel that you sent us as well as the, is this comic. Um, so every I guess every comic written right like Stan Lee um, dealing with his anger issues or just like the whole great power comes with great responsibility manifesto, you know, in, in Stanley's relation mm-hmm. to all his characters. Um, how would you say is your, your personal relation to these characters? How is it that you, uh, put yourself in, in, in the writing and in, in the creation of this universe? Uh, what, what aspects of your life have you inserted into the storytelling? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, I would say that, and part of the part of the thing, and and I, I want to be careful with this because what I never want to do, even with the book, is use it as a sounding board for my own ideologies. <laughs> um, but the the characters in the book, they're not all the same. They don't see the world the same way. They're on the same team. They're working towards the same goal, but they're very different people with very different backgrounds. That I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spoil, but. You know, for Dan and I, we're, you know, we were both raised in like Christian households. So we have a religious background. We have more conservative backgrounds to some degree. But, you know, one of the things that we look at in society now is that idea of regardless of of where you fall on any given topic, there seems to be such a, a push to silence the voices that don't agree instead of you know giving people room to figure things out and communicate and and find middle ground it's just this idea of destroy cancel hush anything that we don't like or that we're not comfortable with and so that's we're taking that that idea and spreading it in a global sense what if there was this small group of people that really could decide who gets to talk and who doesn't, who gets silenced and who doesn't, you know, who disappears because they're difficult. And, you know, we call it the God for universe because once this God is established by the order, anybody who dares to say that thing is not God and I'm not going to listen to it or I'm going to try to find some way to circumvent that influence they're labeled Godfo and they're basically a terrorist. They're most wanted just because they've dared to say, I'm not going to toe the line here. There is no agree to disagree in this world that we're creating. And I think there's a fear on our end uh, as a personal fear of seeing that happen in our, in our society today, seeing that idea ideas put to death, you know, and then the, the idea that, you know, disagreement could demonize somebody or a whole group of people that you've never met, you know, all of a sudden they're the bad guy because the head on the TV told you they're the bad guy. Right. Right. Like the idea of like, there's only like only corporate thought is the correct thought and any ideology Mm -hmm. that could potentially question, um, something good or bad means, you know, you're, you're a heretic of society. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's kind of like saying that I think we're at that point. But you know, that's if I were to say, what's the internal side of that that I'm that we're putting into these characters and into this world? That's a big part of it. Uh, I think another big part of it, at least with some of the characters, <laughs> is this idea of, particularly with our male characters, that idea of how do you relate to other people 
Like, are you allowed to be strong? Are you, are, are you allowed to be weak sometimes? Like, finding that balance with, with our characters, because there will be times when too much is asked of them. But then they have to say, do I say I can't do this? Or do I dive in and try to make it happen knowing that I don't have the strength for that? So just dealing with you know, the young men in the story, they're very strong. They're very powerful. They have a lot of capability, but they also don't have the maturity necessary to handle that well. And so looking at the, the you know, if I took 16-year-old me and gave him the responsibilities of 39-year-old me, he would not have been able to handle it. And so there's a lot of that in the story, too, is that these characters are young and they're, they're being asked to do things well beyond what they're really physically, powerfully, you know, they can do it. But as far as their emotional, mental state, they're not ready for anything that's coming at them. And we want to keep them in that uncomfortable position. Right. So I, then my, my follow-up question to that, B.U., is what was the most difficult part I guess, um, when, when creating the, I guess the, your internal self onto the paper to being your characters, what was the most difficult part of that? What was there like self-realizations or things that you learned about yourself when writing this, that, um, that you were able to like, I guess, discover through these characters and, and, you know, I guess, yeah. Well, again, you know, when it comes to the writing, that still, that mostly falls to Dan uh, but you know, everything that happens, we've discussed each issue along the line. Like he'll send me what he's got. We'll kick it around and send it back. And there's been so many conversations and I don't think he'll mind me saying this. Um, you know, I know in his life, the past few years and, and in mine as well, we both lost, uh, people that we cared about in the past few years. I know his, uh, he had a family member that was very close to him that, uh, committed suicide. Um, there were just a lot of things that we that we processed together, and that made us look at ourselves and say, "All right, how do we how do we make sure that we don't end up in that same boat?" So I think we we kind of had to do a lot of soul searching, you know, ourselves as we were writing these characters and saying, you know, "If I was in that position, what would I do? And what would I have done when I was a kid? What would I have done, you know, when I was in high school or college? How would I've handled it then?" versus how I would handle it now. Just trying to really be honest and not make these kids uh, in the book or, or the adults in the book. Um, we want them to feel authentic. And so we had to be honest about a lot of things uh, that we struggle with, I think, to, to, do, to be able to do that in a way that's, that is raw and that is you know, transparent. You know, it's, we are not the characters, but there's part of us in those characters. Uh, I think that anybody who writes is going to have, it's almost impossible not to put a little bit of yourself and your own struggles in there. Um, one of the characters in Apollyon is a boy named, a, a guy named Colt. And, you know, you'll find out later on that his family was, you know, he, he came from a group of white supremacists and, uh, early on, there's a lot of struggle with him and the Asian character on the team, uh, you know, there, there's distrust and, and stuff there. And like, we'll, we slowly reveal his backstory and some of the things he was a part of that he looks back on and really wishes had never happened. 
you know, and I grew up grew up in the South, so like I grew up surrounded by you know racism and all this stuff in the South, and so there's a certain amount of that that comes into it too. And Dan Dan was the same way, you know, he was he grew up in the South as well, and it's that idea of learning how to interact with people that are different from you and doing it knowing good and well that you got somebody at the family reunion that would not not treat that person the same way that you would. So, you know, things like that, I guess, kind of inform the struggles that these characters have. Right. So I guess another question for me would be, and then, you know, you guys could ask yours as well. So when you guys are discussing the universe, obviously there's going to be like conflict with ideas. How did you guys resolve that? Where where did you guys find the middle in order to co-create this universe, co-parent this universe, essentially, um, you know, and how, how to do it, like, I guess, in a, in a way that both mom and dad were happy. Well, I mean, there's been plenty of times where we, we, we had a conversation and I came away with one completely different idea than what he came away with. And then like a month or so later, when we revisit, well, I've already drawn this, that, and the other. And he's like, oh, wait a minute, it was supposed to be this. And, uh, you know, we always, the way we handle it is we drop back and, you know, I'll share my side of, uh, you know, I think it should go this way. This is why he does the same thing. And our idea is pretty much, or our attitude is pretty much the best idea wins. Um, there's there's no room for ego because uh, we're wanting to do, we're wanting to create something and it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to glorify. It shouldn't glorify either one of us. We want it to stand on its own with, uh, in spite of us. Uh, so best idea wins if, if it's, you know, visually, if it's more interesting one way, or if it's gonna, you know, if it's gonna make more sense for the for the character to to react one way or another, like we we've had so far, knock on wood, but so far we haven't run into any disagreement that we couldn't um, settle on. Like it's at the end of the day, if if you believe that strongly that this is where it needs to go, you know, that's not a hill to die on for me. Well, I'm I'm cool with it, and same with him. Uh, so we just we respect each other's ideas. We respect one another's, uh, I guess, insight on different things. And so far, I think any conflict that we have had has just made the story better. Cool, cool, awesome. Uh, <clears throat> so pivot a little bit. I lo- uh, I'm looking. At, I looked here. I'm looking currently looking at your timeline. Uh, I see a couple. Uh, I see a game on here. Can you tell us anything? Yeah. Can you tell us anything about that? It doesn't have to be a ton, but just kind of your general idea. Oh yeah, us. I can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so the game is uh, tentatively Acolyte's Mansion or the Acolyte's Manor. Um, the Acolyte is a character that is kind of looms in the background of what we call the Biophile era. Okay. And yeah, I see that this this uh, so this game. Dan has been working on it for several years now. Is he's building it in RPG Maker? Okay. But he has really he has managed to do some crazy. Like he has really broken RPG Maker, <laughs> and he's like he completely recreated and then changed the control scheme. I don't know if you're familiar with Binding of Isaac. Yeah, uh, I it's am. A, it was a all right. He he created that control system from like from the ground up, and then completely rewired it uh and he understands a lot more about that than i do but it's 
the game is very it's like a bullet hell contra type game but with a, a puzzle element so your character is Kolga, who is the main character of one of our the next really big comic series we're hoping to release in the fall of next year. And Kolga's got a lantern that's got a living eyeball in it. And it's a very funny character in the comic and in the game. Uh, but you use the eye periodically. So one of the controls will be a button that turns the, the lantern on. And whenever the lantern comes on in the game, the map changes. And the enemies change locations and stuff. So you have to work your way through. Very, It's kind of like a top-down Zelda-type map with all kinds of stuff going on. And you work your way through the different obstacles using the mechanic of turning the lantern on and off. Uh, it's pretty complicated. He showed it to me, like the most recent version of it. It's probably 75% done. Wow. Oh, um, that's awesome. Dude, it's to, to be something that's just made like on RPG Maker, it doesn't look or play like that. I mean, it's it's actually a really fun game. It's hard, not like Dark Souls level hard, but it's <laughs> it's hard and it's it's challenging. It's fun, uh, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to put a get a beta out for people to play at some point really soon, maybe next year, uh, just to get some feedback on it. But it, it's it's pretty cool and it's completely tied into the storyline of the games. Uh, the comics and stuff, but but you wouldn't have to read anything to enjoy the game or, or understand it. It's got its own storyline that kind of fits within. It doesn't break continuity with anything else we've created, but it's sort of its own little yeah. little piece of things. It's got a like self-contained continuity with, and then it has yeah, a bigger yeah. continuity within the world. That's really cool. That's awesome. I, yeah, I, it's it's pretty cool though. Yeah, I, big video game fan. I've seen some crazy stuff done with RPG Maker, so that sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, it's it, I'm I'm impressed. Every time he shows me something else, it's I've been more impressed. So I don't know how he does it, and I couldn't do it, but it, it looks really cool. I probably will. Um, my job will come later. I'll I'll probably create uh, some specific sprites and stuff for him to plug into it. Uh, just you know the from the aesthetic side, but yeah, he's he's created a cool game. It's fun to play. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. I also saw that you guys are doing a like a podcast. Is that like a kind of like an audio drama? Or how are you doing that? So we've got or how's that framed? We have basically. there will be hopefully there's going to be three that we're, we're there's three we're developing. One of them is going to be called uh, it's going to be a poly and 20XX Lamentations. Uh, and if you go to the we have a Godfo Universe like website. And on the website, we have it's like 80 pages worth of what's called the Lamentations. And some of them are short stories. Some of them are poems. Some of them are just like art pieces and little bits of text. They're very esoteric and weird. But if you like that kind of stuff, there's a lot. Of, it's, some of it even reads like scripture almost. And it's all these writings and things from within the world of a poly and 20xx like as things are going leading up to that extinction level event and so this podcast what we're planning to do we we're working with a couple of other guys that we know and we'll do dramatic readings of some of those lamentations and then we'll 
after the readings, we'll drop back and have a basically just a roundtable discussion of the philosophies uh, and the ideas in each of those, and um, kind of where those ideas came from and how they how they have their influence on the world that we're creating. Uh, it's one of those things that if you're that you can listen to to just really enrich your understanding of the the philosophy and all of what's happening in the world. Um, hopefully that'll be something kind of cool and different. We're working on a scripted audio drama called this, the biofile initiative, uh, following some of the different characters from that era. And we got a few different actors that are working on that with us, uh, hopefully. And that, that would probably be sometime maybe next year before that's ready to go. And then we have one called the ZZ files. Uh, and it's, it's like this idea of uh, a guy who has his own conspiracy theory podcast uh, at, during that time period, and he starts getting a little too close to the truth. And so we're, we'll be recording his entries of his show, and then gradually things like he's we, it's sort of like a ground level view of the end of the world through his eyes, uh, and you know, we it's sort of a, just a companion piece. All, all of that is just to expand and add more color to the world. But uh, it's, it's something that I think will be a lot of fun. I loved uh, listening to old radio shows as a kid and things like The Shadow and Suspense and stuff like that, those old radio shows. Uh, so the idea of doing something like that is it, it just something I've always wanted to do. So I've got a few other people that want to do voice acting and get involved in it. So we're, we're just kind of playing with those things. And if hopefully it'll be good enough to, to put out soon. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, any project like that is fun, honestly. I mean, I'll, you know, I think everyone on the show, we all listen to some form of radio drama well, for sure. I mean, we listen to podcasts. We're, we're big fans of that. Yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> you know, they do, they do say I'm like the Marilyn Monroe of radio. No, they don't. <laughs> they, they don't, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh Yeah. They do. Me. Does that mean you banged a Kennedy? Uh, I cannot confirm or deny. All I know is I was there for his uh, his birthday. Oh, goodness. Okay. Hey. <laughs> All right. All right. So, I, went, I went on to this fun island called Epstein I, Island. Right. I don't know. Uh, Moving on. We're, so, um, <clears throat> with people that are listening to this, where where's the best place to direct them? Where Where should they go? Where should they look? What should they look for? Um, well, if you want to purchase uh, the ash can, and if you wanted to purchase any of the other fine comics at Legacy Comics, go to www.legacycomics. That's with a X instead of a C. dot com. Uh, you can order the book from there, uh, and that's where that should be where the uh, graphic novel will be available. Hopefully, in the spring. Okay. Um, if you want to find out just more information. Um, about the world and find those lamentations and all. We have a godfouniverse.com. And, I mean, we're the only Godfo universe. So if you tap in Godfo universe, it'll come right up. Uh, and we, we can also, we would love to get you on our email uh, mailing list. Oh, and, absolutely. you know, we, and on that, we're, we constantly send out stuff. We send out a blog every, every month. Uh, we send out work in progress, artwork, short stories, um, sure, we got some short a short film that we're gonna be sending out to people soon. Uh, we really like to keep 
people that are following us, we like to constantly be feeding you cool stuff to keep you excited and keep you on the hook so that when the when the book is ready to come out, you'll hopefully everybody will be as hyped about it as we are. Yeah, no, it seems like a really fun project. And um, with all the, I guess, integral working parts of it, it seems like a really cool expanded thing where, um, I guess, kind of like, you, you know, like you said, Marvel DC is done. You have all these different mediums in order to reach out and kind of get your uh, your taste of the universe, you know, in different formats, um, you know, which which is something I always enjoy. You know, like I, I love reading comics, but, you know, the, the radio dramas and the shows and the movies, kind of all those different formats to kind of like plug into different spots of the universe to tell the story in a different format is always super fun to me. I think it's a fun way to explore a universe and, you know, um, it, 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 it a lot, yeah, it allows you to break out of the medium of just the kind of the mundane of like pick up flip, you know, and then wait till next week, pick up and flip kind of a mentality. Well, and our hope is to build a sort of a community around this stuff. And, you know, obviously, you know, one step at a time, we got to get the book done. We got to get it sold um get it in people's hands and and you know we've said from the get-go we're never going to ask for money until the book is done like if we do a kickstarter or anything like by the time if it if it goes to the point where we're saying all right here's the kickstarter it, you know we're looking to to fund this like by the time we put that kickstarter out the book will be finished like you're not going to be sitting around waiting a year and a half for something that you back that's not finished like once we get to the point where we say hey here's the pre-order that book will be done. Um, but our hope is that we, as we build a fan base and get enough of these different things out and running, we want to set up sort of a pathway for uh, people to write their own fan fiction in those different eras. And as long as they they fit our criteria, we'll make that fan fiction canon. That's cool. Which is something that I don't think many people have done before. No. But, like, as long as it doesn't break the continuity of what we've established, like, we will canonize it, and you may have a character in your fan fiction that shows up in something down the road, you know, because we've canonized it. That's that's Um, really cool. Of course, that's that's looking forward, but, you know, know, I wouldn't be working this hard on this if I didn't think it was going to succeed, so... Right. You know, yeah. We're 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 trying to plan ahead and plan big and be ambitious, uh, but we're also trying to to do it the right way and take our time and make sure that like when this first book lands, this first full length graphic novel, I want it to slap. Like I want it to be, I want it to make people feel stuff. Yeah. So I, what um I guess so since you guys aren't asking for money and there's not a Kickstarter yet. How are some people or some patrons and fans and those who want to support your endeavors, how are, how are they able to do that now? Um, what are some things I uh, guess you can kind of been like, hey, you want to help us out? These are the things you can do. Uh, the best thing you can do to help us out right now is to go to Legacy and um, in order the Ash Candy. There's digital copies and there are physical copies, so you can get it either way. Um you can support any of the other uh, legacy books. Those strength, uh, we got Condry, which is like a, a gritty noir story. Uh, we have a series called Legend of the Night Owl. It's like a martial arts, street level superhero kind of story. Um, and I've done, I did the lettering for some of that. I've had all of the fall books um, for Legacy. I've, I've lettered. 
Um, so anything that supports legacy supports us. And, you know, ultimately the biggest thing you can do is tell people like get, share the, share the Facebook group, share, you know, the, you know, the link for legacy, like just get it in front of people as much as possible, get on the mailing list so that we can keep giving y'all content. And it's, if it, if it's successful, it's going to be word of mouth. It's going to be, you know, grassroots that gets it. You know, to to other people that like these kind of stories, that want to see a good story told well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess for when we put this episode, if you could just send us all the links that you find uh, important to it, we could definitely like make sure all that stuff's hyperlinked for when the episode goes, and they when they go to the favorite pod, uh, podcast platform, they could click on the link to go to learn more. Yeah, that could be done. One hundred percent. Real awesome. Well, <clears throat> thank you very much for sitting down with us. Uh, we we absolutely appreciate it. We always love to learn about new projects, uh, uh, and I, I think it sounds really cool because you're because you like you said you are kind of doing it the right way because we have seen a lot of really cool like really neat concepts and ideas not go very far, unfortunately. Yeah. So it does sound like you're setting up like the groundwork to really get this thing going, which I yeah, awesome it's a really it's a really about. nice foundation in in for for me personally. I'm really excited to see how this develops and checking in with you and you know, seeing where the universe is at and where the, where the content and the books at and just kind of listening to the upcoming radio dramas and just kind of all this stuff being pieced together. That's in, that's a really excited thing to kind of see. You I know, really appreciate the, it. I really appreciate y'all having me on the show and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it ultimately there's, there's no excuse to not have good writing and good art and, and good creative creative stuff out there like there's there's no reason that anybody should have to spend money on a lousy book <laughs> i mean there, there's no reason that anybody should should be have to spend money on some the 10th iteration of the same five characters that we've seen over and over again like it's it's time for some new ideas and and hopefully what we're doing will be something that somebody will be able to connect with and say yeah i won't this is going to be my uh, we're hoping that this will be for some kids somewhere, this will be the same feeling that I got when I picked up the first issue of Spawn or the first time I read Dune or, you know, the first time I saw Evangelion and it made me like feel weird stuff in my gut. Like I want it to, you know, to be something that people have a strong reaction to and that hopefully sets them on a path towards uh, lifelong fandom with this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're 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 gonna be rooting for you on our end, and yeah. you know, it'll be some it'll be cool. We're we're excited to see the stuff as it comes out. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, do we have any other questions or anything as we as we let them get go? I don't want to keep them too long because I don't think I have too much. I don't think I have any more. I really think this sounds awesome. Yeah, um, I'm excited. Looking forward to it. Um. So again, you guys, you can go to godfo.com. Godfoe Universe. Universe. Yeah, yes. you'll find the the main hub. Uh, if you want to order the ash can for a Polyon 20XX, just go to www.legacycomics with an X.com. And uh, if you look up Godfoe Universe on Facebook uh, or on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, you'll find our groups and our stuff. You can follow us on there. We up, update those regularly as well. Yeah, guys. So Very cool. go go find their socials. Um, if you're listening to this episode, 
Um, you should be able to find links below where you can go ahead and connect to those links and connect to their socials as well as find their internet, um, you know, their websites in order to provide, you know, buy stuff and subscribe and so on and so forth. Um, we've said this before on the podcast, we really do support comic book and comic creators on here. Um, cause the more story and content that's out there, you know, the, the more the fandom can grow and we, we really believe that there's a fandom for everyone out there and everyone deserves to have a fandom. And this is just expanding that, expanding that concept even further. So please guys, you know, go check it out, you know, buy a book, um, check out their stuff, follow them on Instagram. Like those things like, you know, following and stuff like that cost you no money at all to support them. And, you know, even if you come to find out that maybe this storyline is not your cup of tea, you following them allows them for your friends and your family to potentially that is their cup of tea to potentially discover them as well. So that follow can mean a lot. So go, go out there, you know, click those buttons and those subscribes and all that stuff. And let's, let's support, uh, you know, comic book creators. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, man, for joining this uh, episode. Uh, it was really nice getting to talk to you and, and to learn more about your universe. And uh, like, I, like I said, for us, we're going to be, we're going to be excited to, to plug in and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Very cool. cool. Well, guys, thank you for tuning into this bonus episode of comic talk 616. Um, I hope you had a safe holiday eating the turkey and, and stuff and things. I'm going to eat more here in a minute. Yeah. Um, as always, I'm Jake. I'm Matt. I'm Steve. I'm Josh. <laughs> and you guys have a great rest of your week.